0: Tennessee Titans made probably their biggest decision of the offseason with uh, the announcement that Rand Carthon will be the new general manager and Rand Carthen will be the guy who will make pretty much all of the important or most of the important decisions to follow now going uh, going through the offseason uh it's not clear how much if at all he will be involved in the uh in the search for a new offensive coordinator and a, and a couple other assistant coaches. But, uh, but he is the guy he has, he has not met with, uh, with local media yet as, uh, as director of player personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. He has a team still in the playoffs. And I guess that means he has things to do this week and maybe for the next couple weeks in his old job. But, uh, but we will look at Rand Carthen and more, on this week's episode of Believe in Titans, your uh, your podcast for all things Titans news with, as always, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, David. How are you doing
2: this evening?
0: I'm doing good, thanks. And John Glennon, John, how are you?
2: I am well, hope you guys are.
0: Doing great. Thank you. And I am David Beauclair. And let me remind you that the Believe in Titans podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Betonline.ag where the game starts. All right, gentlemen. Denard, what do you make of uh, Rand Carthon? He I don't think he's a he's a guy who's well known to the average fan. What have what have you found out about him? what uh, what, what do you think of the decision to hire him?
1: Well, I think it's a great move. First of all, I would say uh, congratulations to Randy. The only thing I wouldn't like about him is the fact that he went to the University of Florida. He's a Gator. <laughs> I'm a Tiger, so we wouldn't mix very well. But I would say that uh, congratulations. Forty one years old. 41 years old, young man, and he's worked his way up um, up the ranks. Started out as a scout uh, for the Atlanta Falcons back in 2008, and then he was a part of that St. Louis, and then that Rams. That when transitions to LA, direct their player personnel, and he played for the, in, in San Francisco. Where he was there what 2017 until what till now. And what's interesting about Ram is he's a former player. We don't see that uh, that often. Uh, from a general manager. I mean, I know Martin Mayhew, who's now with the Commanders, uh, was a longtime uh, player in the National Football League. So he brings not only experience, I think he can empathize with the players. And I think this is going to be a good move for Tennessee. And what was also interesting, David and John, is when when I heard about the hire, the first thing that I thought was Carthine. And – <sighs> That's the son of Maurice Carthon. I mean, I was like, okay, the great Maurice Carthon, two-time Super Bowl winner for uh, the G-Man saw a grin. He he got the pedigree. I think it's going to be a great move for Tennessee in the long run.
0: Yeah, you, your playing career and his actually overlapped a little bit. Rand Carthen was a backup running back with the Colts in two thousand four, two thousand five. The last uh, last couple years of your career, so uh, you guys you guys might have even crossed paths at some point. But uh, sixteen carries in his career. I, it, it, you probably wouldn't remember him that much if you did i would guess
1: i don't remember much but uh but uh, 2003 2005 david i was in another world
0: <laughs> <laughs> on uh, heading, heading heading to the end of the line at that point yeah john glennon uh it you know that it was a it was an interesting i guess uh it was a, a fairly broad search seven different candidates brought in there i i Although I don't know how much we can count Malik Boyd of, uh, of Buffalo's <laughs> personnel department right now. His interview ended Tuesday afternoon and within a matter of hours, the news was out that Rand Carthen was the <laughs> choice. But, uh, two in-house candidates, the Titans go for, uh, go for somebody from the outside, a fresh set of eyes. How, how important, how, how compelling you think that will be in terms of the decisions that are to come for this franchise?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I have heard so far, as you mentioned. You know, we, we haven't um, uh, talked to, to Rand Carthen in person yet. We'll, we'll get to do that on Friday when he's introduced. But, you know, when when you look at the, at the resume in terms of what he's done, in terms of moving up the ladder quickly, it uh, looks impressive. You know, some of the, the roles that he has held in, in San Francisco, director of personnel director of player personnel means uh you know according to what the titans have told us so far that that he had at least some role uh in in the drafts for the 49ers in the last few years uh and specifically according to at least one story I, i read that you know he and the scouts were sort of in charge of the later rounds uh for the 49ers which is intriguing uh you know because in the in the last few years in in the later rounds from fifth round on they, uh, you know, they found guys like George Kittle, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, two local connections, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, and Richie James from Middle Tennessee State. So it's not crystal clear exactly, you know, what role he had in in the drafting of of college players, but it certainly looks like his evaluations played a, a key role there. Uh, and 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 we obviously know in in terms of uh, pro personnel and player personnel. He had a big role in adding free agents to the team. And certainly the Niners have done very well and, and created a very deep roster. Uh, you know, one that it, they, they've been one of the best teams in the league for three of the, the past four years. But what struck me also uh, in, in some of the stories I've read just recently here about Rand Carthen, uh, Jim Wyatt and, and Paul Kowarski both had a couple pieces on him. Uh, and, and they talked about Rand Carthen's communication skills very good communicator uh guy gets along with with everybody um well respected by everybody and that struck me because you know what we heard from amy adams trunk in terms of the search was she was looking for someone who was a collaborator you know uh someone who could build consensus and and you could certainly read into that a little bit that maybe john robinson was perhaps lacking in that you know that's that's what i read into it anyway and so you, you got the idea in, in reading some of these quotes on Rand Carson that that the communication, uh, the ability to to kind of build consensus uh, and, and to form strong relationships are, are some of his strengths. So you know even away from the talent evaluation, uh, that seems to be a good pickup for the for the Titans as well.
0: Yeah, I have heard off the record from some people in the organization that uh, that, that Amy Adams Strunk was not happy with sort of the. The general mood that that John Robinson created throughout the building, in in addition to some of the holes in the roster and whatnot, that he was not, you know, he was not a ray of sunshine, if you will, walking the halls and and in his encounters with. People in various departments and whatnot, and uh, you know, one of one of the things in that regard that that really jumps out to me about Rand Carthen was you, you read from his Florida days, his Florida teammates nicknamed him the Mayor because they they said it seemed like he knew everybody in Gainesville, Florida at that time, and uh, and you know, it seems like it, you know, just this big personality and one of those folks who who probably has a knack for remembering everybody's name and a and a particular detail about them and. You know, I, I think that that will fit well with with Mike Vrabel, because Mike Vrabel is one who's always talking about, you know, he'll find ways during the course of the season to bring up the name of somebody who works in the cafeteria or, or somebody who's a janitor in the building and 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 try to say how important they are and, and, and elevate them a little bit. I think he uh, I think he places great value on on everybody around the team and, and not just the team itself. So that, uh, that, that should play well. And the other, the other thing I I think that the Titans fans should probably be encouraged about is coming from the 49ers Rand Carthen was part of a front office there that seemed to have a very clear idea of what they wanted their team to be and how to get players to fit that. Uh, You know, we, we have seen, we have seen general managers across the league. We've seen general managers with the Titans who sort of just draft good players and kind of hope to to fit them all together, or players they think they are that are good players, even, and, and try to fit them all together. I, I think the 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 better mode, the the better I approach is to to have a specific plan and you know that's that's one thing john robinson did try to do he always talked about you know they had a grading system that was set specifically to you know guys that they thought would fit well into their systems and and uh i i would imagine that will continue if if not even get better under uh under Rand Carthen. but uh you know exactly when he uh, when he will start the job again i assume is is tied to how deep a run the uh, the 49ers make in the playoffs here and there's a chance they could uh, they could make a pretty pretty deep run but uh um you know john you mentioned it he's he's going to meet with the media probably on friday for the first time you know denard you're not you're not a media member but if you were if you were in that press conference friday what would uh What would would you want to ask him? What what would you want to know that you don't know about him yet?
1: Well, first of all, I would like to know what he learned from his days uh, being with the 49ers organization. Remember, you emulate what you see in this league. It's a copycat league, whether it's front office or players. And he had a chance to learn from uh, a player and a GM that I learned a lot from and how to carry yourself and how smart he was. And that's John Lynch. AKA the Lynch mob, the hall of famer. He is a great GM. He's doing a heck of a job there in San Francisco. And think about this. I mean, he had a chance to learn from Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, again, a pedigree, you know, the son of the great Mike Shanahan. So he brings to Nashville uh, so much knowledge, but one of the things that I would ask him, I would say what happens if things don't go your way the first year what are you gonna do? And I, w- I would like to know what are your long term goals for this franchise. That's something that a lot of the fan base they want to know. What do you? How do you envision this franchise going forward? What's What's your uh, when you put this thing together? What is it gonna look like? And that's something that I think it's very important uh, to your fan base.
0: You, you mentioned too, Denard, that he he is a a, a... Former player in his own right. He's the son of a, a a great player in the NFL, has that pedigree, has that connection. Now you've got a, a, a general manager and a head coach who uh who sort of have that firsthand understanding. Do you think that that will be important to the guys in the locker room? Do you do you think that that will mean something to those players?
1: Yes, it means the world. I mean, look what's going on in San Francisco. Look at the relationship that Kyle Shanahan and George Lynch, I mean John Lynch has formed. I mean, that's a winning combination. In in this league, it will not work if your GM and your head coach is not on the same page. So once again, you have two, you got a head coach in Mike Vrabel who played, what, 14, 15 years in the National Football League. He knows what it takes to win. Now you add a GM who actually, he played three years in the National Football League, and he comes from a pedigree, a dad who played a long time in the league. So that's just experiencing knowledge. And what I love about when you pair these two is I'm sure they can empathize with one another. I'm sure when it comes times to making drafts, I'm sure Mike Vrabel has a lot, uh, of, a lot of input of what he wants. And I'm pretty sure when they collaborate and get together, they can form a, a kind of a bond where, hey, listen, you know, despite of our differences, we can come together for for the greater cause of this team. That's what happens when you put two players together. I mean, that's empathy. And that goes a long way in this league.
0: John Glennon what, what do you think is is most important for for Rand Carthen? where where does he start i mean there there'll be every team has a long to do list the titans maybe a little longer than some after ending the season on a seven game losing streak and, and what have you where where do you think he needs to start what what are the first questions he needs to answer about this team and this roster
2: well, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start with some questions that, that I'd be interested in, in hearing, you know, Rand Carthin answer on, on Friday as well. And, and, you know, one, of course, is the question you always hear with any uh, new GM coach set up, and then that is kind of who has final say-so on the uh, on the 53-man roster. We know that that it was with John Robinson. Uh, previously, you know, he had tenure when he hired Mike Grable, so John Robinson had the final say on the 53, and you wonder now, does that shift back to Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel has been here, uh, you know, since 2018. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, I, I would assume as most coaches feel like they, they like to have more control of the roster, you know, are we going to see now Mike Vrabel have the final say so on the 53, uh, uh, you know, man roster? Or does uh, does Rand Carthen assume that uh, role as well? So I'm, I'm curious on that front. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm also eager to learn uh you know just how much of a role he has played over the years at his various stops in evaluating uh college talent uh as well you know the the jobs uh he's had on the resume you know is was pro scout in atlanta uh director of player personnel with the with the Rams. And director of pro personnel and player personnel with the 49ers. So I'm, I'm not, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of, uh, guys that rise through the ranks, you know, and John Robinson was one of them, um, you know, have some experience as a college scout. Um, so I'm curious as to how much, um, Rand Carthen has done on, on college evaluation. He may, you, you know, the nature of, of his job, you know, he may actually have done more than, than his title uh would show but but I'm curious there. But then when, when you look at the, the questions that Rand Carthen will have to answer, uh uh you know, we'll have to to figure out what the Titans, I think certainly the big one, you know, that's on everybody's mind is is this a reload or is this a rebuild uh for this franchise? You know, do you look at your franchise and say, okay, we just had seven straight losses. We finished seven and ten. This is a franchise on shaky grounds. We've got to do a massive overhaul. Or do you look at it, uh, you know, as the bigger picture and say there were six straight winning seasons before that, you know, we've gone to the playoffs in three of the four years prior to this one, you know, there were a ton of injuries this year. So is it only a, man, a matter of, you know, fixing a few things in order to get this team back online? So uh, I'm very eager to to hear what uh, Rand Carthen has to say on that front, because that decision right there. Will probably you know take the Titans one of two directions as they go into free agency, as they go into the draft, as they go into re-signing their own uh, players as well.
0: Yeah, and I think to dig down on that idea a, a little farther, that the number one question you ask is, is Ryan Tannehill? My quarterback, you know, I, I think that's uh, that—that's what Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel have to decide first, and then everything goes from that. Because uh, I believe we discussed it last week. You can cut Ryan Tannehill this off season. You can save a lot of money against the uh, the salary cap, and and uh, if it's not Ryan Tannehill, if it's Malik Willis, is it Malik Willis? And if it's not Malik Willis, then then who is it? Uh, you know, is is Lamar Jackson going to hit the free agent market? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo a guy you know from San Francisco is it going to be Baker Mayfield is it I mean there's is it going to be Derek Carr there seems to be any number of options right now but I think that has to be uh that that has to be the first question that uh as was as is the case I think for most NFL teams you 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 start with your quarterback and and go from there and that will be uh that that will be that will be really telling. It's 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 interesting to note. And and Denard, I'm I'm really curious to hear your feelings on this. I know as of two years ago, because I wrote a story about it, the Titans were one of, uh, I believe it was five NFL teams that had never had a minority as a head coach or general manager. There there were six, the Atlanta Falcons, when they hired Arthur Smith as head coach, they also hired Terry Fontenot, uh, an African-American as their general manager that got them off the list. And, and I, I did a story. No one from the Titans wanted to talk to me directly, but they did give me that. Uh, they did give me a bunch of information in terms of how they expanded the diversity within the organization and whatnot. And uh, uh, you know, Denard you can certainly speak to this better than John and I can it is this a big deal to to get an African-American in this spot
1: you wanted to ask me that because I'm black
0: I, well you, you have you have <laughs> yes you have you have a much better perspective I'll on that than it, I do yeah. I mean as, I, I sometimes humor. feel like uh, you yeah, uh, know I sometimes feel like as a member as a white member of the media uh, <laughs> I need to like I need to care about this and and I don't know you you tell me it do should I care about this
1: Yeah, we all should care because it's not just it's opening doors for African-Americans, but or other minorities, but it's also going to open up the doors for women. We don't talk about that as much. I mean, women make up what, 41, 41 percent of the workplace in the National Football League. Up to this day, there's 319 women that are are employed in front office jobs uh, in the National Football League, so that's big. What I love about this move, you imagine, since the inception of the Oilers and Titans uh, organization, there hasn't been one African-American head coach nor GM. So this is a first, and what that represents to me is change. And when I only change, that means this organization, as well as this league, it's evolving. And I love the fact that now uh, you have eight. You're talking about Ron Poles uh, for the Bears. uh, Of course, the Vikings with Quesi, Adolfo Masai, Martin Mayhew for the Commanders, Terran Funtnell for the Falcons, Brad Holmes for the Lions, Andrew Berry for the Browns. And maybe one day that we can have uh, much more, you know, if they can go in there, And do the job if they're capable of doing it. And if if you watch Rand and just look at just look at uh, the process that he's went through, he's been in a front office position for I mean in the last fourteen years. So this is not something new to him. He's he's worked up the ranks. So what this what this this move is about is it's telling young African Americans. Uh, it's telling other minorities that if you want to get into a front office position, if you work hard you, and you get around the right people in this league, that that opportunity could pre- uh, one day present itself uh, for you. And I see this as a—it's uh, not just opening up doors for African Americans, but it's opening up doors for other minorities and as well as women. And this could be a huge uh, move, Consider the fact that all it has been around 63 years and this is a first. So, I mean, yeah, this is unprecedented, um, uh, in, in this hire. And,
0: and John, you, you sort of wrote about this today in, in, in a piece you did about Rand Carth in the, uh, you, you wouldn't expect any changes to the front office immediately because of the timing of the draft and whatnot. But, uh, Um, how much, how much change do do you think will happen after the draft? Uh, Do you, do you have any sense of, uh, you know, he, he might want to do something different with his, with the scouting staff. Certainly there's a, there's an opening in terms of the director of player personnel, Monty Olsenfort, who, uh, who, it was an in-house candidate for this job, got the, got the general manager's job with the, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. So there is, there is one opening there, but uh, I mean, should we expect a, a big overhaul of the front office at, at some point here this off season?
2: You yeah, know, well, before I get to that, I was, I was going to touch on the, on the, the previous uh, topic as well. And in, in terms of hiring yeah. uh, an African-American uh, general manager, uh, this organization, remember had some had some work to do in my opinion to kind of dig out of a of a not so uh you know good situation if you remember you know Mike Malarkey went on a podcast in 2020 uh and talked about the fact that basically uh he was hired after what what uh, he said was basically a sham interview for Ray Horton um you know a, a previous Titans defensive coordinator mm-hmm. Mike Malarkey said he had basically been told he was hired before they interviewed Ray Horton uh you know and and uh you know which was to to strictly to comply with the Rooney rule is what basically Mike Malarkey was said and then you follow that up you know with with the uh the the legal discrimination or the racial discrimination suit that that Brian Flores uh had against the NFL you know in recent years too which the Titans are are part of uh obviously as, as part of the NFL so i think they you know they took some very deliberate steps um you know in, in order to um you know show that they are are moving in the right direction and and if you look at the candidates uh for this general manager position look at at five of them were african americans not not only that but they're all of them were involved in the nfl's uh front office accelerator program mm-hmm. uh which the league did last december and that's basically at the league meetings they had somebody from every team like a, a you know a diversity representative uh and and they got to meet you know with with various owners and encourage forming relationships uh you know and getting to getting to know one another a little bit better and and again when you look at the list of of, of people the Titans interviewed Rand Carthen was in that accelerator program Glenn Cook from the Browns Ian Cunningham from the Bears Malik Boyd from the Bills and and Quentin Harris from the from the Cardinals um so Clearly, I, I think you know the Titans wanted to make sure you know uh, that they have, have changed their ways here a little bit, and and are are certainly making every effort um, to be very diverse. And here we have Rand Carthen, a very very highly qualified general manager. Um, anyway, all right. So on to the on to the the other topic uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, I I don't think we'll see huge changes. In terms of the structure right away, because a lot of times what happens when a new general manager comes in, he'll keep his staff, the current staff in place, uh, whether that's scouting or, or whether that's the, the personnel people in place, because so much has already gone on as the, as the team looks ahead towards the draft and the free agency, you don't want to throw all that information out the window right away. So my guess is that he'll probably keep this staff pretty similar uh right now and then after the draft is when we may see more significant changes that's when scout scouts typically uh you know get get moved on if, if that's the case and that is probably when when rand carthin will hire you know guys he wants as, as, as his right hand advisors as well uh, when you look back at when john robinson was hired he hired ryan cowden in may after the draft to kind of be his right-hand man. So I would expect the more significant changes in the hierarchy to kind of take place after the, the draft at the end of April.
0: Yeah, and, and say this, because John Robinson's first draft with a with a scouting staff that he inherited and, and a draft board that I'm sure he inherited and, and made some changes on to some degree as he went, That that, that first draft was a bit of a mixed bag. First-round pick Jack Conklin worked out really, really well second round the second first of three second round picks the second overall pick for the Titans that year Kevin Dodd a complete disaster then Austin Johnson good player but but you know just a just a role player throughout his career in the NFL not exactly what you're looking for for the 43rd overall pick then you get Derrick Henry Kevin Byard those are those are two home run swings you you get Tajay Sharp in the fifth round so you know the the idea that that Rand Carthen has to come in and work with an unfamiliar scouting staff does not preclude the, uh, the possibility of, of making good and meaningful picks for this franchise by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, all of that is, is to be seen, I guess, as we go forward. Um, we mentioned there, there are coaching positions to be filled as well. Most notably the offensive coordinator position, uh, uh, Mike Vrabel has, has filled this role twice before when Matt LaFleur left after the 2018 season, he promoted Arthur Smith. When Arthur Smith left in 2021, he promoted Todd Downing, uh, Denard Walker, do you think this offense needs a fresh set of eyes from the outside or, or, uh, you know, there are some, there are some in-house candidates, most notably Tim Kelly, who's been a coordinator in this league. It, it is it better to, to stick with somebody who knows the scheme and knows the players?
1: It depends on the head coach, Mike Vrabel. It depends on now your new general manager. Uh, I know when you sent me something earlier today, John, you mentioned a name, uh, that I was really excited, uh, uh, that you, uh, Put in an email, and that was Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I love this guy. Uh, don't look at his record as a head coach, and he actually had a winning record for the Bears. I was say his, two, his yeah, I know, was but he still got fired. He still got fired, and I know he went and, and two playoff appearances, and that's what's alarming about uh, that move uh, in two thousand. What was that? Twenty two? That they two thousand twenty one? That they, 21 fired. And they fired? Yeah, yeah twenty one. And, and, yeah. and what I love about Matt Nagy, and I love what. Um, Chicago general manager Ron Pace back in 2000, who was the general manager back then, he he had a great quote about Matt Nagin. He says he's highly intelligent. He he has a creative, outside-the-box thought process. And what that means is that he's not one-dimensional. You go back to 2017 when he was the offensive coordinator at Kansas City, and he had a quarterback by the name of who? Alex Smith, Smith yeah. Alex Smith, who was lighting it up. And Alex had been in the league some years. He had a, what, a 104.7 uh, quarterback rating. He had the career best 26 touchdown passes over 4,000 yards uh, passing yards. So again, if you bring in Matt Nagy, you know that he's capable of working with a veteran quarterback. Let's say if wine is on the roster next year and that's what you need. You you got to make sure that you address uh, that quarterback position by it, Who are you going to bring in uh, to call the plays? Because they're going to work close together. And I think what I love about Matt Nagy is he's from that coaching tree of Andy Reid. Andy Reid is, to me, the epitome of a great offensive mind. And where did Matt Nagy learn? From Andy Reid. He spent a lot of years with Philly, with five years, and then he went with Andy to uh, to Kansas City. And I just think if you're going to go outside of the box, if you're not going to get a Bill O'Brien why not Matt Nagy? I mean, the guy is a proven winner. He's a great offensive mind, and I think if Ryan Tannehill is on the roster next year, this can be a beautiful relationship between those two.
0: Yeah, it's interesting of the uh, of the the candidates the re, that that have been reported that the Titans have interest in. You've got the two from Kansas City and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy and and i agree i mean if you're going to if you're going to borrow from somebody else's offense or or change your offense in any way you know you want to get a piece of what Andy Reid is doing because Andy Reid has done it as long and as well as as anyone in a, in a long long time in the NFL the, the other one is is quarterback's coach of the Atlanta Falcons Charles London and, and you feel like part of the appeal there is that that it wouldn't be a big transition for him because having worked on with Arthur Smith and Arthur Smith's offense there, there there's going to be a lot of carryover and a, and a lot of, a lot of language and, and things that are, that are very much the same and it. And it would make for, for a very easy transition. So in terms of, uh, in terms of the the reported interest the Titans have at this point, I think there's a little bit of a mixed message there that that makes me really interested to see which way they go now. And you know, John, I guess same question to you though. Do, do you think this team is better served with some with a fresh set of eyes at this point?
2: I, I could go either way, but what what bothers me is I hear too many people saying uh, we just need change, we just need fresh blood. You know, basically saying we need change for the sake of change. I I think that's kind of ridiculous. You know, you you look at at who you think is going to be best for the job, not automatically say, well, he can't be in our system. I mean, like, look at at what's happened with some of the people that they have promoted from within certainly Arthur Smith turned out to be a great move from within moving him from tight ends coach to offensive coordinator worked out uh, very well for the offense Shane Bowen was, uh, on, on the other side of the ball a guy that was promoted from within and, and after kind of a shaky first year whether no one really knew whether he was defensive coordinator or not uh you know since then I, I think he has proven himself quite well obviously it did not work as well with- Downing but uh that that shouldn't you know scare people away just because Todd Downing didn't work doesn't mean that no one will will work from you know within the system so you know I uh, I think Tim, Tim Kelly obviously very uh highly qualified candidate um and and you know by the, by the same token guys like you know whether it's a Pat O'Hara or, or Tony Dews, too you'd hate to be one of those guys and and work uh, uh hard for the organization do a good job and then have somebody say, "Well, uh, we need fresh blood. We need, you know, we need a different look." Despite the fact that you guys have done your jobs very well, we don't really care. I, I think that, you know, opinion to me is is a little ridiculous. Uh, I am intrigued uh, very much, also, yeah, by by Matt Nagy. Uh, Charles London does seem to be a guy that's drawing intrigue around the league. He interviewed for the Dolphins' offensive coordinator job last year. Um, I think the commanders are requesting a, an interview for an offensive coordinator a position with him as well and of course he has a background he was on Mike Vrabel's uh, the same staff as Mike Vrabel in Houston for four years so uh, he is uh, certainly intriguing he's also going to be serving as the offensive coordinator at the senior bowl uh, coming up so getting a little experience in that uh, regard as well but you know Eric Bieniemy to me is is always the kind of guy that that's the big question mark you know he's he's clearly done some things very well with with Kansas City you know with such a high powered offense but he's he's almost you know kind of haunted by by the fact that that he is working for Andy Reid who as we've just all talked about is a great offensive mind and a great play caller so you're forever asking about Eric Bieniemy well, oh, how good is Eric Bieniemy because Andy Reid is, is really the guy that's, you know, pulling a lot of the strings is, is really the, the play caller as far as we know uh, anyway. So uh, the most experienced guys in terms of play calling, Tim Kelly and, and Matt Nagy, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Titans could go wrong, uh, you know, either way, honestly.
0: You, you, you mentioned Tony Dews, the the, the current Titan titans running backs coach and he he's a real interesting candidate to me uh, assuming he's a candidate and i don't know that we know that for a fact at this point but you know the majority of his coaching career has been in the college ranks but he's been an offensive line coach he's been a wide receivers coach he he's been a running backs coach you know his his work with uh with derrick henry I, i think speaks for itself uh, and but but his his history shows that he has a a a, a deep understanding of pretty much every aspect of uh, of the offense. He just hasn't worked with quarterbacks. But uh, I, I would think that would that would create a real interesting dynamic. And of course, there's speculation out of Tampa that that Byron Leftwich might be losing his job. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I will never forget when he was a quarterback at Marshall and and was playing a game and and hurt his leg leg. Eight and they were in a hurry up boat and and his offensive lineman picking him up and carrying him down the field I mean that 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 to me just speaks of a a type of leadership that that if I if I was running an organization of any kind I I, I would certainly want that that kind of inspirational attitude on my team and uh, uh if he if he's out there I, I think the Titans certainly should uh should take a look at him but uh uh, I don't there's no timetable that we've heard on on when this uh when this search will conclude so we will uh we will keep watching it and uh and, and see what happens and talk about developments as they warrant but uh that should do it for this uh this episode of believe in titans brought to you by bet online for denard walker denard thank you as always
1: thank you Had a great time
0: yeah. john thank you
2: certainly thank you
0: And to all you out there, we thank you for listening and downloading and referring us to your friends. And uh, as always, we will be back next week with another episode of Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe.